This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time to talk some baseball and fire up the hot stove. Live from the Mariners Team Store at Bellevue Square Mall. Holy smokes! On the home of the Mariners, 710 ESPN Seattle. Streaming on every device on the 710 Seattle Sports app. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to our very first edition of the Winter Hot Stove League show, live from the Mariners Team Store here at Bellevue Square before cheering cast of thousands. Let's Hey, this is really a lot of fun. Everybody getting ready for the holidays. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Riz, along with Shannon Dreher and Mike Blowers. We have a very special guest. We have Mariners General Manager Jerry Depoto, who's been one of the busiest GMs in all of baseball. Of course, producer engineer Kevin Kremen is here. A lot of people doing their holiday shopping. So, Shannon, Michael, it's great to see you guys. How are things going during the offseason? I know you're getting ready for the holidays. Well, I didn't have to shovel a driveway to get out of here, Mike. Did you? I had to put it in four-wheel drive last night, I can tell you that. <laughs> didn't last very long, though, so that was a good thing. I was okay in Issaquah. You know, it wasn't too bad. Nice dusting. It was, you know, it was pretty on the on the grass and the rooftops and the trees, and I liked that, and the roads were just fine. So Winter's here. Pardon? Winter is here. Winter is here. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, spring training is going to be right around the corner, after, right after the holidays. We're going to be down in uh, Peoria, Arizona here in the next uh, few months getting ready. I know Jerry DePoto has been real busy, so let's bring him in right now. Jerry, welcome to our first edition of the Winter Hot Stove League show. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you, man. Fresh off my first edition of the Seattle snow, which I, I, I think <laughs> dusting was the right way to put it. Yeah, dusting. Uh, dusting, I know. And uh, you've been a great shopper. I mean, uh, 25 trades Last year, I shot by mail. And Amazon delivers these guys, right? You know, right, right to your doorstep. Uh, seven trades and one free agent during the off season. Two. So, uh, and uh, or two. Yeah, Casey Fien, Casey, Casey Fien, and Mark Zipchinski. Yeah, and, and, and so anybody here can spell Zipchinski. I'll give you a dollar. But uh, I think I can do it. I, I know you can. <laughs> but uh, you've been real, real busy. How do you feel right now? With they say, oh, you didn't do much of the winter meetings, but you did a lot prior to the winter meetings. I mean, Carlos Ruiz, Danny Valencia, uh, James Pezos. We'll be talking about these guys. Richie Schaefer, Taylor Motter from Tampa Bay. Gene Segura was the big trade for uh, Taiwan Walker. Mitch Hanniger, who I know you really like. We'll talk about all these guys. Rob Whalen, Max, how do you say his last name? Posey. Posey, P-O-V-S-E. Mark Zipchinski, and you just acquired Chris Heston. And uh, so how do you feel right now about the ball club at this point of the winter? I think we are we are much more a finished product this time uh, in 2016 as opposed to where we were in 2015. Um, we went through the winter meetings. We had far less activity, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that there was so much volume before we went into the meetings. Yeah. Uh, it certainly wasn't for lack of just as much change or, or something similar. And most of what we did was similar to last year on the margins. And not until we made the, the Taiwan trade with Gene Segura and Hanniger and Curtis 
did we make a trade that really got to the gut of the major league roster? Uh, everything yeah. else was was done on the on the margins to ensure that we were as deep as we could possibly be. And and when I say deep, I mean when you have and we'll use Mark Zepchinski as a as an example. If if Zep or Scrabble are, are the names <laughs> he goes by, if Zep is is our left hand bullpen guy or yeah. one of our left hand bullpen guys. Now, instead of a situation where we were in a year ago where our left-on-left guy leaving spring training was Vidal Nuno. And, yeah. you know, Nuno was going to be our lefty. And in back of Nuno, we really didn't have another lefty that, that was situational left-hand pitcher to get lefty out. Yeah. We gets lefties out. And we, we picked up Zipchinski. We picked up James Pezos. We graduated, uh, we graduated Paul Fry from our own system. And we picked up a guy named Dean Kikefer on waivers who cleared through and is going to likely start on the Tacoma roster this year. So we went from one deep to five deep. And, and that is largely what we've done throughout our roster uh, over the course of this offseason. And, and, and as much that I like the group that we put together last year this time, I'm really excited about this group because we got a little younger, we got a lot more athletic, and we feel like we can catch the ball. We feel like our lineup is one through nine deep, and we are deeper when it comes time to, to plug guys in. And our pitching staff hasn't changed considerably other than in areas we added that we didn't have before. Yeah. What do you need with that pitching now? You look at how you ended last year with pitching, and I don't think starting would have been one of the plus, plus, pluses on your list. Where do you go with what you have right now? Well, you know, we feel like with Felix and with Kuma and James Paxton, one through three, we're very comfortable with the group we have. Now, we left spring training last year with Nate Carnes as one of our five, and we were very comfortable with it then. We remain comfortable with it now. Uh, Nate's healthy. He's throwing the ball well. And left left with a 50-pitch bullpen, so we felt confident that he was clicking on all cylinders. And I don't know that we could have been any more impressed than we were the last six weeks of the season with Ariel Miranda. Right. So, you know, we feel like from one through five, we're pretty comfortable that we have five starters that we can send out to start major league games that have been anything from a Cy Young Award winner to an all-star to, to competent fifth starters in this league. And going out and picking up guys like Rob Whalen and Chris Heston, Max Posey, and in addition to what we think are some in-house candidates of our own, we've now gotten to the point, I believe, where we're 10, 12 deep, maybe more than that, 14 when we look at our depth chart. So there's 14 guys there would like to find somebody who fits closer to number 3, 4 than number 12 or 14. So uh, that's our primary goal in the starting rotation for the rest of this offseason. And then we'd like to find that one more arm to add to the bullpen if we can. Uh, someone, it's a very flexible group down there. You know, Zepp joins Steve Ciszek and Nick Vincent, and they really they fit well together. Uh, Shrek and, and Vincent get the righties, and Zepp gets the lefties, and, and that should work for us very well. We'd like to find that one more power, particularly left-hand side, yeah. that one more power arm. And it might be James Pezos. He, he is that power arm. We'll see how he translates. Uh, but otherwise, that's something we'll look for as the offseason continues. Difference as far as level of confidence for you going into this winter compared to last winter. You were able to get with the club at least before the season was over last year, and then you were able to hire a manager and bring your staff in and, and all those different things. And now you're obviously making a lot of adjustments to the club. But just your level of confidence between this winter and last winter. Uh, immeasurably better. I feel like I know this team. And and a lot of that comes from just trusting Scott, trusting the staff. Feeling I, we, we've, we've been through this together now for 14, 15 months, whatever it's been. And, and and more importantly, we got to know the players, yeah. and you know that's a and, and I think the players really adapted to what we're doing. Most of the team will look very similar to, to what it looked like. At least the heart of the team looks similar. 
maybe with the exception of the adjustments of guys like Segura and Hanniger joining. But it's, a, it's such a good foundation that we were trying to build on the outskirts. A year ago, we added veteran players who were all 30-somethings that, that were all on one-year deals. So it was inevitable that more change was going to have to take place this year. And that's what's happened. So but those veterans help. I mean, obviously, they did a with, great job. Yeah, with yeah. the way the club played last yeah. year, did a great job. And I and I'll be thankful for every whether it was Nori Aoki or Deo Lee or Adam Lind, the magical moments that they gave us. Yeah. You know, but they were on short contracts, and and now it's time for us to to readjust. And this offseason, our primary focus was on now one year older as a system. We were able to tap into some young players that we just weren't able to tap into before. Yeah, this is definitely your ball club. You changed the roster 61% going into last year and the more trades this year. We have Jerry DePoto on our Hot Stove Show uh, live from the Mariners Team Store. So come on down here in Bellevue at Bellevue Square, and we'll be back with Jerry on Hot Stove right after this timeout. It's the season debut of the Hot Stove live from the Mariners Team Store at Bellevue Square Mall on the home of the Mariners, 710 ESPN Seattle and the 710 Seattle Sports app. And again, welcome back to the Winter Hot Stove Show live from Bellevue Square here at the Mariners Team Store. Rick Riz, Mike Flowers, Shannon Dreyer, along with Mariners General Manager Jerry DePoto. And Jerry, we're going to put you to work. Take it away, buddy. I'm moonlighting. When you bring a group to Safeco Field, you enjoy both Mariners baseball and big savings. Discounted tickets are available for groups of 20 or more. It's not too soon to book your summer outing, so swing by Mariners.com slash groups and select your date today. Great job. Well done. Great job. You know, during the course of radio broadcast, we expect you to do that, you know. I did. I learned how to read. (laughs) I paid attention a little in school. You you, you paid attention to a lot of subjects in school because you've done a great job here. Just a win or two away from getting to the postseason last year. You guys made it so exciting. It was great to watch every day to see this ball club come back late in the season with that eight-game win streak, and it really generated so much excitement. How were you able to do it that late in the season to jump into the race when you did? The makeup of the players on the roster. It's 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 always about the players, and you know we've we've talked for many years. When you're building teams, it's always about the heart in the clubhouse. The guys that we, we can sit on a spreadsheet, we can put together the the most logical lineups we can find. We can go out and access the players yeah. that we feel like fit. But in the end, and you'll see sometimes players make short stays in in various places. Some players, though the makeup is great, the character is great, they just might not fit with a certain group. And, you know, we talked about it just previously with Danny David Moore. We had Leonis Martin is a great example of how one player might not fit in one place, and he's a perfect fit in another. Uh, Leonis, he's not not been a, a dynamic offensive contributor throughout his career. But last year for us, he gave us a 15-homer season with 25-plus with yeah. bags. He played outstanding defense. He did more than enough to carry his own offensively. And he brought so much to our clubhouse. Yeah. And that's how you win when you get down to those final three weeks is the energy. It's believing in yourself. It's, the, it's one guy picking up the other. And you got to get a little bit lucky to be there. Yeah. And, and I think we were able to do that. Uh, if I had to put my, my, my finger on one thing, it was the character of the people involved and the fact that our starting pitchers really got on a roll that last five weeks, and it helped us quite a bit. It was so fun to see all of that, and interesting to see all of that culture, I think you would call it, come together. What were the conversations like with Scott Service early on about what you wanted in that clubhouse and to establish and what you wanted him to bring? 
You know, we didn't have to talk a lot about it because we've been together for a number of years prior. So uh, we, we both think very similarly. Scott is a, Scott's a culture guy, and, you know, bringing him over here, and we, we talked about it even on this show the first time we did this last year uh, around the same time, yeah. holiday season. You know, Scott's a, he's a culture guy. He's, he's, he builds. He builds confidence. He, and we knew that he'd have an occasional hiccup in terms of, of game strategy, in-game moves. The game moves fast when you're in a dugout, and he hadn't been in the dugout in a little while. So, and and he hadn't managed at, at any level. So this was certainly new to him. I thought he hit it out of the ballpark, oh. to be honest. I, he he created culture first, worried about yeah. the game later. I think he had a fantastic coaching staff around him that he really leaned on, and the players believed in him. And you know, if 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 we had one thing that we talked about all the time, it was not uh, for, forgive the the French. We were we talked all the time about not trying to BS the players. We yeah. we didn't want to BS the players. Give it to them straight. Let them take part in their own careers, and we're going to come together, and they're going to care just as much about this as we do. And lo and behold, that's what happened. And I think at the end, the players were driving it as much as anybody on the coaching staff. And, and that's when you got it right. I thought it was interesting watching the postseason this year and the way that managers in pick one use their bullpens. And obviously a lot of those relievers are making a lot of money this winter. Um, but I was curious, the whole time I was watching, I was thinking about your young reliever in Diaz and what a fantastic job he did for you. And, you know, who knows where he's going to end up. But is that something that you personally see as far as managing a game in a high-leverage situation, whether it's the seventh or eighth inning, that possibly could be the norm throughout the regular season as opposed to just the postseason? And where do you see Diaz as he moves forward in his future? You know, Edwin, there's a reason why we converted him to the bullpen. We thought that something like this might be possible. In my wildest dreams, I couldn't have imagined it was going to happen that right. quickly for him. But it did. He's it, The thing that I like most about Edwin, other than the fact that it's really hard to hit, <laughs> and, and he strikes a lot of them out, really good. He, is, he is so resilient. He's, he's a resilient-minded guy. He cares more about the team result than his own. And even late in the year when he hit some bumps in the road and he, and he blew a couple of saves, he was smiling from ear to ear when we won the game afterward. Mm. And that's not always the case with the, the premium closers. And we that's feel like that's ones. what, oh, man. Yeah, you yeah. feel like the world just dropped right. on your head. and. Not Edwin. I mean, he just he popped right back up, smiling, giving everybody a high five because we won. Uh, uh, there was a couple of weeks ago I was waking up, staring at the ceiling, thinking, should we turn him back into a starter? And I thought, no, no, no. That's a, but, He's good right there. Uh, Edwin, Edwin's terrific. We intend for him to be the ninth inning guy. I do think that there's an occasion during the season, and it's certainly different in the postseason, uh, but there's an occasion during the season where it makes sense if you need to pop your closer in there for a five-out save, a six-out save. Uh, it's, it's not something you could do very often. I don't think you're going to see very many instances where you're bringing in a closer in the sixth inning, like maybe we saw in the, the National League Championship Series with Kenley Jansen. That seems over the top, and it's really hard to get through the season in a 162-game stretch with that as a practice. But I've said this all before. You know, the, the it, from a sabermetric standpoint, you always want to use your closer in the highest leverage point, which is why, if you remember, Buck Showalter took a bath for not using – Britain. For Britain. Yeah. And, and I thought it to be really unfair. How do you ever truly know what is the highest leverage situation uh, until the, the moment passes you by? And I don't know too many managers who ever have managed in a big league game through a 162-game season that won't pick the guy that's hottest and use him as the anchor guy. And everybody yeah. else is going to get you to that guy. 
But I think what you saw last year in September, particularly when we were going good, Scott had that bullpen up and going, and we and it was all hands on deck. If Eddie needed yeah. to come in and get four outs, he was going to get four yeah. outs. If we needed to to move guys in and out one out at a time, that's how he was going to handle it. Visiting with Mariners General Manager Jerry Depoto here on our Hot Stove Show live from uh, Bellevue Square. And Jerry, let's talk about the big trade uh, uh, this off season. You trade Taiwan Walker. And Cattell Marte to the Arizona Diamondbacks. You get Gene Segura, who had a tremendous year, a breakout year last year. 319 average, led the National League in hits with 203, 20 home runs, what, 33, 35 steals. He does so many things for you at shortstop and the offense and can steal some bases. Tell us a bit about how that trade came about because the Diamondbacks got a very good young, talented uh, pitcher and walker and a talented young shortstop. How good is Gene Segura and the key – as you talked about earlier, I heard you during the offseason, Mitch Hanniger. Tell us about Segura. Tell us about Hanniger. Will do. You have me all excited. I thought you were going to talk about the Zach Littell, James Pesos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to that. <laughs> That's next. Uh, Gene Segura, I've, I've known Gene since he was in AA. Uh, I inherited him in the system when I was with the Angels. Great kid. Uh, he's, he's pretty serious. He's a, He works very hard. He's an, an unbelievable athlete. It's a, it's a small, powerful package. He's, he's a well above average runner. He's got an electric burst to him. He's got a well above average arm. And he's a shortstop by trade. That's the position he played all his life leading up to this year. Yeah. He was traded to Arizona from Milwaukee. And, you know, and, and Gene was moved to second base largely because they had a shortstop in Nick Ahmed, who they thought a lot of defensively, and for good reason. Uh, he played second base all year. I felt like this year, 2016, was Gene Segura's coming out party. Largely because it was a fresh start. He was, uh, like I said, I traded him to the Brewers in 2012. In 2013, he was a National League All-Star and made me feel uh, like I'm wearing <laughs> an egg on my face. <laughs> and, and then in 2014 and 15, he had the great misfortune of losing a 10-month-old child. Yeah, and, you know, it, 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 tragic. And, and that, I don't think that's something you ever really get over. And, you know, Gene went into uh, a little bit of a, a tailspin. Obviously, it affected him personally. It affected him on the field as much as it affected him off. And somewhere over the next year and a half, he was able to, to learn to deal with it, come to work every day, and do his job. But I think not until he came to Arizona and had a fresh start, where, mm -hmm. where his life changed a little bit. It wasn't the same, uh, yeah. so to speak. He got a fresh start. He was able to go to Arizona, and everything clicked for him. Uh, sometimes in life we get the opportunity to reinvent ourselves, uh, either professionally or personally. I think Gene had a chance to go reinvent himself in a positive environment, and, and he had a terrific year. Uh, I, I just said on the, the show before, we, he accomplished something that only five other players, four other players, he was the fifth, have accomplished since the turn of the century, which is to have a, a 200-hit season in which he hit 300 with at least 40 stolen, 40 doubles, uh, 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases with 100 runs scored. It's only happened four other times. Every one of the other guys all finished in the top three in the MVP voting their year, oddly enough. And Gene finished 13th. He's going to play next year at 27. We're going to return him to his natural position at shortstop. And, and I will say that the, the first thing that I can remember seeing after I spoke to Gene Segura on the telephone was a text message from Robinson Cano with, with a bunch of thumbs up emojis uh, uh, he was he was particularly excited he and gene are close and and robinson is given a lot of credit actually for helping gene with a a transition or, or a change in his swing that has really done him wonders and, and unlocked some of the power that he naturally has 
and Hanniger, he's a talented kid. Yeah, Mitch is Mitch is a five-tool talent. Uh, he plays hard. He plays fast. You're going to love the way he plays the game. He can really throw. He plays all three positions defensively. Last year for the month of September, from StatCast information, he was the best outfielder in the big leagues. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know what small sample size is worth, but he can really play defense. He hit 30 homers with a roughly 1,000 OPS on the year last year between AA, AAA, and the big leagues. He's gonna. He, we believe he's. He, we haven't seen the best baseball for him yet. Certainly not at the big league level. He got about 120 plate appearances to cut his teeth last last year. Moving three levels. This guy. This guy can run. He can play D. He can throw. He's got power. He knows where the strike zone is, and he can hit. And he plays the right way. Love the trade. Visiting with Mariners General Manager Jerry Depoto. We're going to be back live from the Mariners team store here at Bellevue Square with a hot stove. Right after this timeout. And again, welcome back. We're live here at the Mariners team store here at Bellevue Square. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreher, Mike Blowers, along with our producer engineer Kevin Kremen, our very special guest, Mariners GM Jerry DePoto, who's fresh back from uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. for the four-day gathering of uh, the winter meetings. And, uh, Jerry, just give us a capsule of your thoughts about how things went, not only for the Mariners, because like we said, you did a lot of work prior to leaving for the Washington, D.C. area, wherever you were there in Maryland. Uh, were you surprised that there weren't a lot of deals that you maybe expected? And and uh, just your, your overall thoughts about what happened during that four-day span. Yeah, I, I think the off-season to date has been slow in developing. It, it might be why we stood out as being insanely active compared to the rest of the league. Because we were waiting for, for the negotiations of the new collective bargaining agreement, yeah. which were finalized just before the start of the winter meetings. As a result, when we got to the winter meetings, even that first day or day and a half, things moved rather slowly. And there were a lot of teams that were talking more about trades than about free agents. And and that's a little uncommon. Uh, usually yeah. the, the winter meetings is, is about free, free agency. Agents. Uh, Where are they going to land so then they can make the that's trades? That's right. That's right. And, and and this year it's been backwards. And, and it's you know, it's it's already been publicized or, or I, I guess, well-documented that it's not the, the, the best pitching market that's ever existed. But, you know, there are always guys out there that can help major league teams. And, and it's a particularly good market for bullpen, you know, relief pitchers, as we just saw with guys like Chapman and Melanson going off the board. And yeah. and, and there's still more to go. It's a, it's a fascinating market in terms of, of where, the cost has gone on bullpen pieces, and mm-hmm. you know, and these guys, and, and these are exceptional bullpen guys, right. and, and Melanson and Chapman and Kenley Jansen. So, not shocking that they're all doing quite well for themselves. I, I thought the amount of trade discussion in, in the winter meetings was uh, as uh, an all-time high. We, we had more discussion about potential trades. And I know we only made one small trade, but even in the state we're in, after having already made seven, yeah. there was still plenty of conversation. Jerry, you um, a couple minutes ago mentioned Robinson Cano stepping in and helping with one of your newest acquisitions, Gene Segura, and, and helping with the swing. And uh, I also read that he, he helped through a tough time, too, just uh, in talks along those lines, which is fantastic. And uh, today a video came out on Instagram from New York, and Robinson is up to it again. And I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this. There was some talk about it at the end of the year. But uh, Felix Hernandez needs to do things a little bit differently this off season. And there's Felix working out with a trainer that Robinson credits with kind of helping him in the next step. 
you see that and you see that going on. Uh, what does that speak to you about what's going on in that clubhouse, about Robinson Cano, about Felix Hernandez? Uh, first thing I think of is I have to move my smile in from the outside corner of my ears to <laughs> something closer <laughs> to my face. Uh, Felix looked great. I saw the video, and we saw it a couple of days ago. Felix sent it in, and, and he went to see the same trainers and, and, and medical people that Robbie saw after he had his double hernia surgery, and he's been working incredibly hard. Uh, he looks fantastic. I've said this many times since the season ended. It was not Felix's greatest year on the field, and, and he'll be the first to tell you that. In the 11 years that he's been in, in Seattle, it, you can't expect a better performance. And for the 11th year to only be 15% or so better than average, it, it means you yeah. set a really high bar. So right. uh, Felix is taking it very seriously. I think he's motivated to come back and, and prove the doubters wrong. He really wants to pitch in the WBC for Venezuela. That's important to him. And, and I've said this before about Felix in particular, but mostly just about great players. Great players have a lot of pride, and, and Felix is among them. It's a, he is a great player who, in his time, has been a Hall of Fame-type talent and performer for the last decade. And I don't think he's going to roll in and just throw his glove on the field. He's coming in to show you, hey, I'm still Felix Hernandez, yeah. and, and I'm fairly confident that means that we're going to be happy with the result. He still has the fire when he told the Toronto Blue Jay fans at Safeco Field, this is my house. <laughs> This is my house. I love that. And how much Jerry, does that help, sorry, though, yeah. when you have the veterans that are also kind of encouraging that as well? You've got the example of Cano. You've got the example of Cruz, who, who's you know, made the transition as well. Oh, I think it's huge. I'll give you an example with, with Robbie. First of all, I, I, dating back to when I first arrived here, and then after we, we added Scott Service, and then once we got to spring training down in Peoria, Robinson Cano was huge for us. And, and I've told him more than once, I will be forever in his debt for how easy he made the transition for, for, for Scott uh, into that clubhouse. That's a difficult thing to do, I, to, to, to go from zero to 60 in the fast lane in the major league clubhouse with a veteran team. And, and I thought Robbie really made it possible. And he and Scott, as a result, I think got particularly close. He helped me a ton. And, you know, after we acquired Gene Segura, and I got off the phone with Gene, Gene laughed, and I think his reaction was, oh, I didn't think I'd ever hear from you again. <laughs> but, and, uh, you know, and, and he got a laugh yeah. out of it. And the next call he got was from Robinson Cano. Oh, and, uh, you know, the next day was Thanksgiving, if you'll recall. So we traded for, for Gene the, the, the eve of Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving Day, he went down to our academy in Boca Chica and got – all swagged out with Mariner gear, like like all the great fans here, and uh, and the next day, the day after Thanksgiving on Friday, was at Robinson's place in Robbie's cage, hitting with him, and uh, apparently now they've been doing it every day since, and and that excites me because if yeah. any of our players learns to, to prepare the way that Robbie prepares, we're going to be just fine. I thought that it was brilliant on Scott's part. I know for myself, last year getting down to spring training, I was down there. Well, after Shannon had been down there, maybe a, Rick, a week or so after Rick had been down there, and I just trying to catch up, asked them about it, and they told me, well, he's had a couple of meetings with Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Felix, and I'm like, perfect. That's, yeah. that's, that's the right way to do it, because if you can get them to buy in, everybody else will. I think that's right. And, you know, and, and, and honestly, it did not take very long. Nelson, he already had the relationship with. And, and, and I think that really helped open up doors with, with Robbie, with Felix. And, and for, for, for Scott and Robinson, it was very, very easy. It was almost seamless. And I think once Robbie saw that Nellie trusted Scott, 
Robbie bought in very quickly, and you know, and and Kyle is a, Kyle is is going to be a, a a pro in any clubhouse, yeah. and he he's a like a player's player. He's the guy that everybody likes. He's the guy that kind of keeps everybody in line without saying very much at all, and and that was pretty easy. But the the trick was Robinson Cano, not knowing how that that it was going to mesh between he and Scott, or he and the staff. And I thought it it, it took five minutes. And in those five minutes, Robinson became a leader in the clubhouse to the extent that we were not aware he even had that in his bag of tricks. He last year I thought as good a year as he had offensively, he had a better year defensively, and he had a better year than that in the clubhouse. So for whatever that's worth, I think it adds up to the best year he's ever had. Yeah, he made playing second base look real easy. With Mariners General Manager Jerry DePoto. We are coming to you live from the Mariners Team Store. If you're in the area, come on by here at Bellevue Square. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dre and Mike Blowers. We'll be back with Jerry right after this timeout. It's the season debut of the Hot Stove. Live from the Mariners Team Store at Bellevue Square Mall. On the home of the Mariners, 710 ESPN Seattle and the 710 Seattle Sports app. We are getting ready for the holiday season. We are getting ready for the baseball season. It's Hot Stove Baseball live from the Mariners team store here at Bellevue Square. Everybody doing their Christmas shopping right now, their holiday shopping. Rick Riz, Shannon Dreyer, Mike Flowers, producer engineer Kevin Kremen, along with GM Jerry DePoto. Man, this hour is just flying by. Jerry, we've talked about a lot of the guys that you brought in uh, to become Mariners here in 2017. How about, how about the kids? You know, uh, DJ Peterson. Andrew Moore, the kid uh, from uh, Oregon State. Uh, Kyle Lewis, your number one draft pick last year, unfortunately had the uh, collision at home plate and tore up his knee, and his recovery has been going real well. Tell us about the youngsters coming through the organization that you may hopefully could see in 2017. Sorry, I was uh, <laughs> showed my lack of experience. Uh, you know, D- Kyle Lewis is, I guess, the one I'll touch on first. Kyle, we just saw in uh, in D.C. at the winter meetings. He came out and and we made a presentation on behalf of Baseball America. He was their college baseball player of the oh, year, yeah. and Kyle looks fantastic. Uh, like Felix, he brought some video, and we got to see him running on a on an Alter G treadmill, an anti gravity treadmill, and really no discernible difference in his gait. He looks terrific. And what a great kid. He fits yeah. right in that makeup group we're talking about. Uh, Tyler O'Neill uh, just finished a, an Arizona Fall League where he finished among the ten best prospects in the league and, and made the all-star team, did great things down there like he did during the regular season in the Southern League. Uh, just a fabulous year, pole to pole. Andrew Moore finished the season on such a strong note in A. Great year. Kid from the Pacific Northwest who really has given us every reason to believe that he's a quick mover. And you know, the odds are he's going to have a very difficult time in spring training uh, because we, our numbers are so deep yeah. uh, standing out. So 2017 might be a stretch, but he's certainly on the radar sooner than later. And th- throughout our system, so many positive stories, uh, whether it's the guys we have acquired and brought into the system that are all in their young to mid-20s or the guys that really excelled within the system. You know, I guess the, the, disappointingly, we lost Kevin D- Gadea yesterday in a, as a Rule 5 pick, who was a really nice story for us last year at Clinton and, and did some nice things there. But from, from team to team, prospect to prospect, everybody got better. And, you know, a good example of that is DJ Peterson. Is, you know, DJ was coming off of what was best classified as a really disappointing 2015. We sent him back to AA. He embraced the things that we wanted him to, to get better at. He did get better at them, performed extraordinarily well at AA, maintained that for a period of time at AAA. 
struggled down the, the end and then wound up on the disabled list to finish. But, you know, we, we protected him on the 40-man the roster. He'll be in spring training, and, and we believe he can hit. You were talking about this earlier in the show, being straightforward with the players, telling them how it's going to be. One of those guys that you did that with last year was Mike Zanino. And Mike, I'm sure it was difficult for him to hear, but I thought it paid off for him. Um, he looked really good when he was first called back up to the big leagues and went back, and then he came again. A little bit inconsistent towards the end of it, but where are you guys at with Mike, and, and where does he fit into all of this, and what, what are your thoughts on him overall? I thought Z had a great year because if, if you asked me where he started in spring training, February when pitchers and catchers reported, and where he finished in September, you know, that, that final weekend of the season, it was night and day. And we thought that the acquisition of Carlos Ruiz really allows for Mike Zunino to be Mike Zunino. Uh, Chuch Ruiz is a great, a great clubhouse guy. He's excellent in terms of his preparation and really good at working with pitchers on developing a game plan. Our intention is that Mike will catch 60, 65% of the games, uh, starting catch 65, 60, 65%, and that Chooch will pick up the others, and that Mike should benefit from, from Chooch's mentorship. And uh, it, Carlos knows where he is in his in his career at this point, and, and I think Mike understands where he is in his. And, and Mike hitting somewhere in the bottom third of our lineup with the ability to do the damage he does. And the thing that I liked best about his season last year was that he learned where the strike zone ended. It's, it, Mike is still going to strike out. That's part of the, the baggage, the, the packet tricks. He's, yeah. he's going to hit the ball over the fence, and he's going to strike out from time to time. But he learned where the plate finished, and he wasn't chasing sliders in the other batter's box. He's still going to have an occasional swing through, but I think we took the strikeouts down slightly. We took the walks up a lot. And it told him at the end of the season, if you can catch the way you catch and throw the way you throw with the makeup that he has because it's terrific, hit the ball over the fence and take a walk from time to time, they'll build a statue of you out in front of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you. And and uh, he's a great guy. Yeah. I think he's got leadership capabilities, and we look forward to him being a Mariner for a long time. We've just got a couple minutes left, but one of the things that we came away from in the conversations that we've had with you over the couple, last couple of weeks is there's a good possibility we're going to see two, maybe as many as three rookies in the lineup at times next year, in the outfield in particular. And my question is, is how much of an impact can that have on the pitching to upgrade the defense that way? 100% Leonis Martin, I'm assuming physically, in the outfield, plus two young players who can also play some center field out there. What kind of impact could that have on your pitching? It could be huge. And it's what we intended to do last year. We just couldn't turn that last, you know, I guess, dial but as I talked about with Mitch Hanniger, exceptionally good defender, it has proven to be the case in the big leagues when it's tra- when he transitioned there. Leonis last year was a, you guys were there to see every pitch of it. The first two months of the season, I thought Leonis Martin was Gold Glove. It could not have been any better. And then he had the hamstring issue in June. That most of the next two months, he was very tentative in what he was going after, and for good reason. I think the the other veteran players on the team had expressed to him, "Hey, stay in the field. We need you out there. Don't go crazy." So. helps 
Ben Gamel and Guillermo Heredia are both really good defensive players. I, I think you really saw it with Guillermo at the end of the year. And Ben couldn't have had so many athletic plays, even just in the month that we had him, uh, where he's diving into walls and you know playing with his hair on fire. Those four guys give a pitching staff that, that is mostly built of fly ball guys the chance to generate more outs. We feel like we can shrink the gaps. We feel like we can cover both in front and behind. And especially the, those four guys, every one of them, Mitch Haniger is a, a well above average throwing arm. Leonis has a cannon. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben Gamble is a slightly better than average throwing arm, very accurate. And Guillermo Heredia has a very good arm. So we feel like the combination of speed, athleticism, ground coverage, and throwing ability puts us with that group well ahead of the norm. Visiting with Mariners General Manager Jerry DePoto. Jerry, uh, what happens now for you between now and the Christmas holidays and the holiday season? And then after the holidays, uh, you're still looking for that uh, starting pitcher in the rotation. Describe what's going on and where, where is that guy? Where is that guy, do you think, going to come from? You know, I did, my guess is, well, I shouldn't say my guess. Our preference is that he come via trade. Our first line, I always say that the first you want to draft and develop, then you want to trade. Then you want to sign free agents. That, that, that's the combination of events. Now, we may look to the free agent market, but our, our first goal is to, to find that player and access, uh, access a trade candidate who might be a little younger, is sustainable product for us that we can put into our rotation and just let them run. And, you know, if we can get that, then we'll have achieved what we wanted. The, the bullpen may be a little more free agent in, in its orientation, but, you know, we'd like to address at least the one more starter, preferably through trade. And, you know, between now and Christmas, what I'll do is, is shop, I guess, you know, whether it's for players or gifts. Okay, you just brought me to my last question for you. We've got to wrap it up here in another minute. Kevin's got a sledgehammer behind me. You're a great shopper as far as looking for players. What kind of shopper are you for a wife at your wife at Christmas time? Terrible. Terrible. Really? Yeah. You're so good there's, at all, all this stuff right here. There's a, I, I'll usually do it in one day, so, which I, I think is probably hard for you to believe based on my, my activity <laughs> as, a, as a trader in baseball. I, I, I run in and I have a list, you know, the really? things I want to do. Anything that Tammy shows me that she likes, I take yeah. a picture of it. So if, really? if she sees it, I take a picture. And then one day Smart. I will go back and whoosh, I'll, I'll nail them all. And these, these are really nice right yeah. here, all these ladies' jackets and everything right <laughs> That's here. That's right. Like, She's got a closet. I, I know. <laughs> Jerry, can't thank you enough for stopping by and spending the first hour here in the hot stove with us. Thank you so much for your insight, everything you've done, getting ready for the 2017 season. Are you excited? Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to get down to spring training. Jerry, thanks for, so much for Always coming Always a by. pleasure, my friend. Mariners GM, you. Jerry DePoto. Shannon Dreher, Mike Blowers, Rick Riz. We'll be back with more live from the Mariners Team Store here at Bellevue Square. Hot stove. Hey, friends, it's holiday season. Stop by the Mariners Team Store. We're here at Bellevue Square. Come on by for the largest selection of exclusive Mariners apparel and game use memorabilia with five convenient locations in Safeco Field, downtown Seattle, and 4th and Stewart, Bellevue Square, right here, Alderwood Mall and Westfield South Center. You're sure to find something for everyone on your list. And right now, a lot of folks here at the Bellevue Mariners Team Store doing their holiday shopping. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreher and Mike Blowers. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we had uh, Jerry DePoto on for almost the first hour, entire first hour here. Shannon, what did you take out of what you heard from Jerry tonight? And you follow this ball club uh, more and as closely as anybody during the course of the offseason. What are your thoughts about the last couple of months? Can't wait to see it on the field. Uh, we, yeah. There have been so many moves. It, it's funny because... I think when I wrote that we were going to be here, I said that uh, Scott Service would be dealing with a very different lineup. Well, kind of, sort of. I mean, there have been a lot of moves, but that core is still there. 
and we're going to see some interesting things with young players in the outfield, which will be a lot of fun to watch yeah. and how they're incorporated in and what a difference that makes having the speed and the defense out there as well. Uh, the bullpen will be very different than it was. You, you look back to what was being put together last year, a lot of numbers, but we have so many more questions that have been answered there going forward. Uh, right. you have, you didn't, Edwin Diaz, nowhere on the horizon. Danny this time Altavilla. last year. Right. Danny Altavilla, uh, Scott Ciszek, we saw good things from him before he got hurt. He'll be yeah. back uh, soon after the season starts. It's fantastic to know. And now for me, the only question is that rotation right now. So I cannot wait to see all of this out on the field. Mike, I want you to talk about uh, what uh, Jerry was talking about as far as going to the veterans before spring training got underway mm-hmm. and talking with Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz and Kyle Seager, Felix Hernandez, say, hey, guys, this is your clubhouse. There's going to be a lot of new faces here. And they bought in willingly, and you could really tell the impact that they had. You played on a ball club, I think, like that, where you guys took care of that clubhouse. What was that like for you on that team and what you did for Lou and what those guys did for Scott's service? Yeah, I think that you can look at any particular team and probably pick out a select few, three, four guys on the team um, that you would assume are the leaders and are going to run the show. I think that one of the things that Lou was terrific at, and I thought it was a brilliant move on Scott's part as a first-year manager, mind you, yeah. was to empower those guys to take that clubhouse over yeah. you, you, and, and to get them to buy into the program so that when Scott comes through there, there's little for him to do, yeah. and everybody is aware of it. And sometimes, even with Lou, when Lou came through the clubhouse, everybody was aware of it, but you had to wonder, what is he in here for? Because you never saw him. So you yeah. kind of wonder what's going on. And, and most of the time, there, there was nothing that was bad that was happening or anything yeah. like that. But it made you think about it. And the reason why is because you have people in place. Shannon talked about Robbie and the job that he has done. Um, but you have to have a different group of guys, too. They're all different. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was a brilliant thing for him. And then to get them involved in the, in, in the mornings before they go out to do anything. That 9 to get, o'clock To meeting. get to know each other. Yes. And you know what was really happening there? Yeah. He was getting to know them. He didn't know anybody. Yeah. First-year manager. So I, I thought it was terrific. And. And I thought it was, it was smart, and I think it, it sped up the process, and it was a big reason why they were able to have the type of season that they had. And I think that kind of culture and, and chemistry, if you want to call it that, I think that's often taken for granted on the outside, that everybody assumes that's how it is in every clubhouse. What we saw last year was at a different level than I've seen in most years that I've covered this team. Yeah. I don't and, go and back as far as you, Lizzie, but yeah. or you, Mike, but mm-hmm. it, 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 it was something that was markedly different. Yeah, it was something. I mean, they got to know each other at spring training. They became a team. They went on the field. They got it done. They got this team very, very close to the playoffs. They're going to get there this year. That ends the first hour. we got another hour coming up. We're going to visit with uh, Mariner skipper Scott Service via the uh, telephone. Uh, that's in the second hour coming up. We are live from the Mariner's uh, team store here at Bellevue Square. Stay tuned. More hot stove. Coming to you live from uh, Bellevue Square right after this. Time to talk some baseball and fire up the hot stove. Live from the Mariners team store at Bellevue Square Mall. Holy smokes. On the home of the Mariners, 710 ESPN Seattle. Streaming on every device on the 710 Seattle Sports app. And again, welcome back to the Mariners Team Store. We are live here at Bellevue Square getting ready for the second hour of Hot Stove, uh, talking some Mariners baseball. Our first hour, we had a chance to visit with Mariners General Manager Jerry DePoto, who, by the way, did an incredible job last season, turning over this lineup 61%. And every game was relevant last year up until the final day of the regular season. They got back into the 
postseason chase at the end of the year. It was really a fun season. I can't wait to get to spring training. Rick Riz, along with Shannon Dreher and Mike Blowers, producer-engineer Kevin Kremen. And here we are uh, getting ready for the holiday season. Uh, Shannon and uh, Jerry DePoto is still a busy guy uh, looking for guys. And it, it's amazing uh, how he is able to make so many deals. 25 trades last year and already six trades before the winter meetings and then the trade for Chris Heston. It, it's amazing how he gets things done so quickly. Well, he's incredibly prepared. And that's, you know, it, it doesn't not get to the end of the year and what are we going to do? I mean, he is the day that he is able to start making trades, he's making trades or he's making phone calls or he has an intention of what he's going to do. It was very interesting to see with the Taiwan Walker deal that yeah. that was actually an early deal and, and pitching was kind of at a premium. But he knew because he had been taking calls on Taiwan Walker for the last two years. Yeah, everybody had been calling asking about Taiwan Walker. Sure. And he said, you know, we knew what was out there and what people wanted and, and the ability to go into And I thought it was funny because when you talked with Jerry at the end of the year last year, what do you need? Well, we're going to need a left-handed power reliever type. Uh, we are going to need uh, a couple of other things. But he never said leadoff hitter. But, of course, they needed a leadoff hitter. Yeah. And he went out and he got that. And, uh, you know, being able to make that deal decisively, quickly, that is specific and fills a need. And Mitch Hanniger, who we talk so much about, an extra two minutes about Rizzi in the first hour, <laughs> um, he was somebody that was added later in the deal, and that's somebody that Jerry wanted. Yeah, you know, he that was key. He was key in yeah. that, and it was not an easy give on the other side, and it was something that he kind of dug in for. So we see those moves because he knows his team, he's very prepared, and he's very decisive in what he goes after. I thought that one of the things that was great last year was when you were watching the club on a daily basis like we would, um, Scott's service going through and, and managing the club, and, and Shannon, you and I would talk all the time, Rick, you and I would talk all the time about things happening with the club, and if they needed to make adjustments, Scott and Jerry on the same page would make things happen. Now, they didn't wait mm-hmm. for, right. for things. If, 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 they, if they were in a situation and they, they needed a reliever, Jerry wouldn't was able to get him one. If they needed to make a move... In the clubhouse, move somebody out, bring somebody in. Scott wanted that to happen. It happened. And I think that when you look at what's going on this winter and the moves that were made and I think the improvement on the team as a whole last year, people ask me all winter, do I think that this team is going to have a chance to get to the postseason? I said, I think it will because I trust what Jerry's going to do this winter. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just really excited to see what Scott Service is going to do in his second year this year because I thought he, he did a great job last and year. And they weren't afraid to do it with veteran guys. They sent down Taiwan Walker. They sent down Nori Ooki. They sent down Ho Lee. That had to be a shock after being a star in Korea and for four years over in Japan. And, and Taiwan Walker came back, and after that little meeting with uh, Mel Sotomayor Jr., you know, uh, you know, was able to get things turned around. So they weren't afraid to go ahead and do that yeah, because it, it was best for the player at the time. Best for the player at the time, but I also in kind of the background of all of that because I've been in the clubhouse. And yeah. when you see that happening, you look around and you realize oh, yeah. these guys are here. It's serious. It's business. We need to win ball games. And if I don't do my job, I might be the next one walking out the door. Players pay attention to that. So although that may not have been the thing that was out in front of it, in the background, the guy seeing that, it has an impact. I thought one of the big stories over the last couple of weeks was uh, the collective bargaining agreement was taken care of between the players and the owners. More labor peace for the next uh, five years. Mike, you lived through, and we did, uh, one of the worst times in baseball with the loss of the World Series after the 1994 season. 
I thought that was huge for the players and the owners to get together and uh, hammer out another deal so everybody can uh, play the game we're, of baseball. We're kind of getting used to it now. Yeah. I remember when I was first starting out, it seemed like every other year we were walking out the door, we were sent out the door, and so it's nice to not even have to worry about that anymore. So it's it's not surprising. I, I think that both sides are pretty smart to get this thing done and, and get it done quickly. And, and now, Shannon, they know how to do business because next year that – first-round pick won't be attached to a free agent, which I think is going to be huge for the player. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But, um, you know, it was something, what, what's great to see is it was something that needed to get ironed out, and it did. And, and we've mm-hmm. seen that uh, in the last five years in particular, even in season, when uh, yeah, a rule was put in, like the trapper or the catch, the transfer yeah. rule, oh, things goodness. like that, when it didn't work, oh. okay, well, we'll take that out or we'll, we'll adjust that. We'll and so it's it. good to see that they can work on those things both in a collective bargaining agreement and also within the year. What are you two most excited about going into spring training this year with the ball club that Jerry has on paper right now? Of course, we're going to see probably some names change between then and now. I think that for this club to take the next step, there's a couple of things that you, you need to see happen. I, we, I think the guys in the middle of the lineup, Shannon, said they're going to be fine. They're going to do what they did or be close to those numbers last year, which were spectacular. Uh, but you need other people to step up, and I think – this is as good a time as any for James Paxton to take that next step forward, yeah. have a healthy season, um, use exactly. the great stuff that he has, and, and really be a front-line starting pitcher in the American League. And I think that he certainly is capable of doing that. But if he is able to do that for you, uh, that is going to be a huge lift for this club. And then, and we talked about it earlier, I think Mike Zanino can be a big part to this thing. If he's hitting eighth or ninth in your lineup and all of a sudden you have a catcher hitting 20, 25 home runs, yeah. uh, that's pretty good stuff. So I think those two guys are, could be critical to the success of this team. How about you, Shannon? Starting pitching. I, I feel good about the lineup that Jerry's put together. I, I feel uh, good about what we could see from the young players. I feel good about the bullpen. I think that takes a huge step forward, but the starting pitching is the biggest question mark in yeah. that uh, you didn't get the best years out of, of a number of them last year. Can they bounce back? Can James Paxton take in? For me, just uh, Paxton's step forward is staying on the field. I, I saw what I needed to from him last year. I feel very good about him yeah, if he yeah. can stay on That's the field. That's a big field. part of it for him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. And you know what? It's funny because they have development plans that every player sits down and fills out in the minor leagues, and they're checklist, and, and they're re- revisited every month. And Paxton's and a couple of other players, the number one goal was just to stay in the field. As basic as that sounds, that was his number one goal. And then, lo and behold, he changes the delivery, comes to the big leagues, and, and, and dominates. So, uh, for me, just what happens with that starting pitching, Felix? How much of a difference can he make in an off season to what we saw last year? How much, mm-hmm. you know, can he make that adjustment to being a little bit different kind of a pitcher at, at the age that he's at right now? And physically, what is he able to do? We've already seen that he's gotten to work. Kuma takes a step forward. Who's the pitcher that Jerry adds? And if Jerry yeah. adds, then you're looking at the possibility of an Ariel Miranda being your sixth starter and being your backup. All of a sudden, that rotation looks a lot more solid with that extra player if guys are playing up to what they can play up to. A lot of great stories, uh, but uh, to me it's that core. That core has been outstanding. I love Cano, Cruz, and Seager in that middle of the lineup. They lengthened that lineup. What they did last year was absolutely incredible. Coming up next here, here in the second hour of Hot Stove Live from the Mariners team store at Bellevue Square, we're going to visit with Mariner manager Scott Service. Did an incredible job last season in that dugout, in the clubhouse, getting these guys ready, keeping them in contention throughout the entire season. We'll be back with Scott Service as Hot Stove continues live from Bellevue Square right after this. And we are back live from the Mariners team store here at Bellevue Square. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreher and Mike Blowers, producer engineer Kevin Kremen, second hour 
is now well underway, and everybody getting their holiday shopping uh, well underway as well. Hi, everybody, and uh, we got a very special guest here. We talked to Jerry DePoto in the first hour of the show, and uh, live on the phone right now, Mariner Manager Scott Service. Scott, how's your winter going, and how much snow do you have there outside somewhere in Denver, Colorado? Uh, it looks like you guys might have more snow than I've got. <laughs> we have a dusting. Do you ever get a dusting? <laughs> Don't you have like four feet of snow on the ground now or not? No, no, not not where I'm at. But, uh, you know, I actually uh, just got back from, from Washington, D.C. yesterday and uh, at the winter meeting. So I actually got uh, baseball on my mind and, and looking forward to getting down to spring training. Sounds good. What were your thoughts about uh, the four days and in Washington about what Jerry and you and everybody in the front office accomplished, and especially the weeks leading up to the winter meetings. How happy are you with your ball club right now? I'm, I'm really excited about, uh, you know, the, the group we have coming back and then some of the key additions that uh, Jerry and the, and the guys in the front office have, have put together for us. Obviously, we did some did some things before we got to the winter meetings, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussions that go on and could lead to, uh, you know, stuff down down the road. In looking at some of the moves, Scott, that Jerry has made already and some of the comments that he's made about uh, what this lineup could look like, it sounds like you're going to have some young players in that lineup, and that's kind of a change from last year, a couple of rookies that you're going to be having on the team as well. How, how do you manage that situation when you've got young guys coming up and you got to give them a chance to get their feet wet and uh, you know expectations for the team to go out there and win ball games? How are you going to juggle all that? Well, I'm excited about it. I know it's something that we, we talked about, you know, at the end of the year, early this off season that, you know, we felt we needed to get a little bit more, a little bit younger uh, at a few positions. And obviously, you know, if you look at how we're lining up now, we're going to give some guys an opportunity. And these are guys that have done very well in the minor leagues. They've kind of done what they needed to do at the AAA level. So, you know, on, on my end, I think you have to be patient. Uh, I think with young players, I think it's a, the quicker you can get them comfortable, feeling good about themselves and then, you know, just go out and play their game and, and be who they are, the better off we'll all be. So uh, sometimes that comes quicker than uh, than others, you know, guys just kind of settle in and go with it. But uh, I like our guys. I mean, you know, we acquired uh, Mitch Hanniger, uh in the deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm excited to see him, you know, got a little look at Ben Gamble last year after we picked him up from the Yankees and, you know, Daniel Vogelbach is another one that will be in our mix and get plenty of opportunities in spring training and, and early in the season. Well, uh, when you, the season was over, and, and here we are already, it's not even Christmas time, we're talking about the upcoming season, so not a lot of time off for you. But did you have a chance to kind of reflect? It was your first year as a major league manager. Uh, you guys played extremely well all year long. Um, and, and if you did have a chance to reflect, what was something that maybe surprised you a little bit about the job that maybe you didn't know? Uh, it's it's tougher than I thought it was, <laughs> Mike. I'm not gonna lie. It is a long, and I I think you go through so many ups and downs throughout the year. I I really tried to be as consistent as I could with our team and the attitude that we brought to the park every day, and I think it paid off at the end of the year. I really did. I think Scott, are you there? And we'd fall back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we had our hot streaks and, and, and our lulls at times. But, uh, you know, overall, it, it was a great year. I learned a ton about our team. I learned a lot about myself and coaching staff. So, 
you know, going into things this year, really excited. And obviously there's a little bit more of a comfort level uh, knowing what to expect going into spring training. Last spring, Scott, you had so much on your plate to uh, be the new manager of the ball club with so many new faces in that clubhouse. You had that 9 a.m. meeting every day. Why do you think that works so well for you guys to come together as a team the way you did throughout the baseball season? Well, with all the new guys we had joining the team last year, I thought it was really important, and new coaching staff and and myself being new, that we really spent some time getting to know each other but had fun with it. And uh, we really did, and that's something I look forward to doing again this spring. We will have some some more new guys as well. And this spring will be a little bit longer uh, with the WBC year, and and obviously we're going to have a few guys playing in that. So, uh, But that that 9 a.m. meeting, that breakfast club meeting, I really look forward to that. I think our players do because it's an opportunity to, to have a good time and really learn a lot about, it, about their teammates. When you look at, the, at your club this year, and, and we were talking about it be- before you came on with us, Scott, and I, I thought one of the guys that could have a huge impact for you is James Paxton. Um, what do you think James has to do to take that next step forward to really be a front end of the rotation type of pitcher? I think, you know, for a large amount of the time he was with us, um, maybe one of our most consistent guys, he and Kuma, uh, really, when they went out there, you felt really good that they were going to get deep in the game and, and keep you in the game. So I thought Pax made some huge strides last year. Obviously, you know, when he left spring training, didn't have a great spring. Uh, we went to AAA and, and figured out a few things. And even when he came back to us, it, it wasn't great right out of the shoot. But he made some good adjustments. Um, you know, confidence is huge in, in young pitchers. And you know, you really saw Pax kind of take it to the next level. He was really believing in his stuff. And, you know, the nights he goes out there and he's landing the curveball with the changeup along with the, the big fastball, he's really tough. And I'm looking forward to, to him, you know, kind of taking the next step. And the big thing is not to so much get caught up in your wins and losses or your ERA, but just keep us in the ball game. And that's something that you really did on a consistent basis. So uh, confidence should be sky high with Pax right now. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing him in spring training. Scott, when it comes to X's and O's and in-game management, when you were sitting down and you were mapping out everything and, and figuring out what you were going to do with this team and what you were going to do in-game and systems and things along those lines, what is something that you point to and say, okay, this really worked for me? Well, I think my, my coaching staff did a great job of helping me out through the first year. You know, you have a lot of meetings. You're always talking about you know, bullpen usage or putting lineups together. And especially with the bullpen, you know, where we were at, you know, going into the season and it kind of evolved with Edwin Diaz coming on the scene and, and where we were at the end of the year. It's, it's you know, being able to rely on those guys, uh, on our coaches, and, and get the feedback from them going back and forth. Um, like I said, I think we learned a lot about each other uh, and, our, and our personalities. It's really going to help us going forward. So, um, you know, excited uh, to get with those guys again, you know, last year at this time, we were just, you know, trying to get together all of us uh, for the first time. And, you know, I knew everybody, obviously, but nobody had really worked together with each other. So it uh, should be a big benefit for us going forward as we get in spring training and, and prepping out and going through our workouts and getting our systems in place. So um, really excited about getting the group together again. Scotty, we're going to keep you for another uh, segment. Is that Okay. Yeah, no problem, guys. All right. Visiting with Mariner Manager Scott Service live here on the hot stove. Say, everybody, the time is now to join the club as a Mariner season ticket holder. Lock in the best seats at the best prices to catch all of the action 
at Safeco Field in 2017, just around the corner, believe it or not. For more information on the many benefits you're going to enjoy as a season ticket holder, log on to Mariners.com slash 17. Rick Riz, along with Shannon Dreyer and Mike Blowers, visiting with Mariners skipper Scott Service. And, Scott, uh, looking back on the 2016 season, uh, watching you every day, uh, having the chance to do the uh, manager show with you every day, you did an incredible job with this ball club your first time around as a a manager at the big league level. What was it like for you to see that you got some votes as manager of the year in the American League? I think you were reckon- I, I thought you were fantastic, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, Riz. And obviously, we spent a lot of time together doing those pregame shows every day. But, uh, you know, it, we, we had a fun season. We really did. I think uh, we got a lot out of our ability and, and our guys. You know, our, our core guys all had really good years. And, you know, the year that Robbie had and, and Nelson, Seeks, I mean, you know, it, it was fun to watch Kuma had a kind of career year there. So it was fun to be a part of it. We had a lot of, you know, late inning wins, um, you know, to kind of keep our ball club afloat throughout the year. So uh, it really was it was enjoyable. Like I said earlier, I learned a ton. And I, like, I'm nearly, you know, gnawing at the bit to get back at it here this spring training. Scott, uh, I'm sure you, you knew about this. It wasn't a matter of the general manager picking up the phone and giving you a call and telling you this, but all of a sudden, boom, we've got you a leadoff hitter. What what kind of dynamic is Segura going to bring to this lineup? Really a uh, big pickup for us. Um, you know, Jerry and I uh, were with Gene Segura, and we were involved, you know, over in Anaheim with him. So I know the player. We we traded him to the Brewers in the Granke deal, but uh, – I think seeing what he's done, you know, we always really liked him offensively. You know, he can run. Uh, he's got power. He really hits the ball all over the field. And I saw a stat the other day. He hit 330 against right-handed pitching last year, and he did the National League and hit. So to take somebody with that kind of offensive firepower and add him to what we already have, you know, really excited. Now, understand, you know, leadoff spot, it, it may not be your, your prototypical leadoff guy. Uh, I think uh, what Gene does, he, he is aggressive. Uh, you're going to see him put a lot of balls in play. Um, he is aggressive on the bases as well, which which is great. You know, we need that. But there's a little bit more power in there than, than maybe what you normally see out of, of your typical leadoff guy. So uh, he did not play shortstop uh, last year every day. He was primarily at second base. But as we all know, we're, we're pretty well set at second base. <laughs> so uh, he'll slide over the short. He has played quite a bit of short in his career. So, um, that'll be the thing we focus on with him in spring training is getting him comfortable back at shortstop. You know, one of the things that, that you talked about quite a bit last year, especially in the second half, was having to manage Diaz coming out of the bullpen and when to use him and when he wasn't going to be available. Obviously, a, a young man that started the year as a starter. Um, but how, how has that changed, or has it changed, when you go into spring training this year and, and with now that he's had at least a half a season as a closer in the big leagues? Yeah, I think he's got a a much better feel for, you know, how to prepare. And the one thing with with Diaz is he always bounced back. He was ready to go every day. He never really, um, you know, came in and said he was hanging or needed a day. It was more of us just kind of guarding against, you know, wearing him out. And, you know, we did use him a lot down the stretch. You know, those games were very important to us. We were trying to to hang in there in that playoff race. And and he ran out of gas a little bit probably the last week of the season. But, uh I thought we did a decent job managing it uh, coming into this year. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch his innings in spring training. He is going to pitch in the WBC as well for Puerto Rico, so we'll be monitoring that very closely. And don't want to overdo it too early in the season, especially spring training, but um, love having him down there at the end of the game. And not just his stuff, but I think it's his, his whole, you know, 
aura about him. He's always got the smile on his face, real high-energy player, and, you know, uh, obviously he brings a lot to us in the ninth inning. You just mentioned the WBC. How do you feel about that with, with the guys? We know Felix wants to pitch, and you mentioned Diaz. Some other guys are going to be playing. Um, I, I think there's a manager that has to be difficult to, to keep your fingers crossed because these are some pretty important pieces to your ball club. They're, they're huge pieces to our ball club. They're all the best players, and that's why they're they're playing for their home countries. But uh, I think, you know, in every situation is a little bit different. You know, I know it's something that Felix uh, expressed interest in, you know, right at the end of the season that he wanted to partake in it. And in, in that particular situation, I think it's great. You know, uh, Felix is getting after it. He's working out probably well ahead of time and, and ramping up his workouts um, to go represent Venezuela. On, on Diaz's thing, you know, he, he younger guy, he, he's ready to roll. He thinks he can pitch every day of the year. But, uh, you know, that one we're going to have to monitor a little bit. All the guys, really, you know, Robbie, Nelly. Um, I've heard Pax's name mentioned in Canada. Um, so we will have quite a few guys. I think the WBC is a great event. Uh, I wish it could be played at a different time. But, you know, that's that's probably the only time they can do it is in spring training. So we'll work around it. It'll afford us to bring quite a few younger players into camp just because we need the extra bodies. So it'll give those guys, you know, special or extra look, you know, from our major league coaching staff and, and putting them in that environment. And also, like you mentioned earlier, we've got the, the three or four rookies that are going to be hopefully make our club. It'll give them a little bit more time to get comfortable as well. Visited with Mariner skipper Scott Service. Scott, last year at first base, you used Adam Lynn and also Deho Lee. And now it's going to be a lot different look over there at first base. Danny Valencia comes in into trade from the Oakland Athletics and also a, a youngster by the name of Daniel Vogelback, who you acquired during the season from the Chicago Cubs in that trade from Mike Montgomery. How do you see that combination playing out for you over at uh, first base uh, this coming season? Well, I think that the pickup of, of Danny Valencia is, is really important for our club, and not just because he's a really good right-handed hitter um, and, and can certainly – you know, swings it well against the left-handed pitching. He also holds his own against right-handed pitching. So uh, the big thing about Danny, he's very versatile. He can play third base. You can put him at first. You can put him in the outfield where we didn't have that versatility with Deho and Adam Lynn last year. So it really changes kind of the outlook of our team and what he's able to do. And he's a <laughs> he's a proven hitter. He really is. He's uh, got a good approach at the plate. He's got power. Um, you know, how much he plays, you know, he's going to play. He's going to play against plenty of righties and against all the lefties. So he'll just be in different spots on the field. And, you know, that versatility, I think you saw what it does for certain clubs. I know the, the Cubs had guys that could move all over the field. And, you know, it really gives you more options in how you put your lineup together. And, you know, one guy's going hot over another, it, it affords him to keep him in the lineup and just not have to play that one specific position. So, uh, you know, with Vogelbach, Obviously, young player. Um, he is working his tail off this off season, um, and, and really, you know, trying to you know tighten up his defense a little bit because he is a proven hitter at the minor league level. We just got to give him opportunity. When you when you look at your club, and, and we talked a little bit last year about Mike Zanino and and you guys telling him that he wasn't going to be as a part of the club going into spring training, that he was going to have to go work on some things. He certainly did that, but. Um, as you look at things this year with Mike Zanino and all the ability he has, what were some of the pluses and maybe some minuses that Mike had in your expectations to him this year? Well, I think if you look at you know, the, the complete season and how it played out for Mike, I'm really, really happy with how it went for him. You know, he, he 
did, you know, bite the bullet a little bit and go down to AAA and, and really focus and work on some things. And fortunate for us, and we called him up, he really gave us a shot in the arm, hit the two home runs there in the first game. I think he got back with us and was really on top of his game as far as controlling the strike zone, taking more walks. It, it got away from him a little bit in September. I know he didn't finish maybe quite as strong as he wanted to, but a lot of good things to take out of 2016 for Mike. The biggest thing is probably getting his confidence back. You know, I, I know it had been rough for him here uh, in 2015, and you know, hopefully get him back on the right thing. Because as you well know, Mike, it's, it's a lot between your ears, and you got to believe in yourself and your abilities. So um, Mike's going to be in a good spot. I've, I've talked to him as I have a number of our players this off season, and you know, just checking in, see how they're doing, um, see what they're up to, and. You know, he has been working out. He's ready to get swinging the bat, and he is looking forward to coming into camp. And I think the addition of Carlos Ruiz with him um, is really going to help as well. And I also had an opportunity to talk to Carlos. He's in Panama, and, uh, you know, he's been with the Phillies so long, and, you know, he got over with the Dodgers a little bit last year. But uh, he's making that transition a little bit into being the, you know, the backup catcher or the part-time guy. But great makeup, proven veteran that's been on winning clubs. So, uh, I think the combination of those two guys is going to really be nice for us. Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who have you got in the football game this weekend? <laughs> you know who he is. <laughs> He's wearing his cheese head. It's a right win-win, now. Shannon. It's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm actually looking forward. I'm, I'm coming up to Seattle. I'll be up all next week, and I'm going to try to take the Seahawks game on Thursday night. I think they play the Rams, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, this weekend's game will, will be fun to watch. But it, I've told everybody it's a win-win for me. Exactly. Scott, we got another minute here. Uh, what what can you tell us about uh, James Pezos and also uh, Robert Whalen, Max uh, Posey, and a lot of young players you're going to have in uh, camp this year? Well, you're digging deep, Riz. Nice homework tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my scorecard in front of me. Ruiz, Valencia, Pezo, Schaefer, Mott, uh, Mott, or Segura, Hanniger, no, the, the guys, Whalen, the, Posey. The guys you mentioned. Yeah, they're, they're obviously all new names to, to everybody in Seattle, but uh, I've learned quite a bit about them. I've, I've talked to most of those guys uh, on the phone after we acquired them, and I'm excited to, to see what they bring. Obviously, I'm going off of scouting reports and what Jerry and the front office guys have said, but uh, the first one you mentioned, James Pezos, uh, the left-hander with a big arm, uh, you know, 95, 96 miles an hour. Uh, we acquired him from the Yankees, I think, on a waiver claim, so I'm curious to see what that looks like. Uh, you know, left-handed, you know, with us signing uh, Mark Zepchinski. I think I said that right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, having Zepchinski can help us out, you know, uh, from the left side would be great. You know, after we trade Mike Montgomery and, and uh, we used uh, Vidal Nuno in a number of different spots last year, but really trying to get those you know, on left, it could really help our, our bullpen would be, be really nice. The other guys you mentioned, you know, uh, Whalen, uh, you know, I think he gives us, uh, plenty of starting depth. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes uh, a number of starts for us this year. You saw how many pitchers we used last year, and you just can't have enough. And you know, with some of the changes in the, in the new collective bargaining agreement, um, you know, there's only it's a, a 10-day DL right now versus the 15 in the past. Exactly. So you'll probably see number of teams. You know, if guys come up a little sore, or, you know, hanging a little bit, you know, you'll be able to deep down, you know, dig down in your minor leagues and, and bring some guys up. So really important to have depth. And that's where, you know, the Waylands and, you know, you brought up uh, Posey, you know, guys like that who are young. I think both those guys are only 23 years old. So, um, 
you know, it's it, very, very valuable. You saw how important it was last year. Before I think we used 13 starters last year. So, um, you know, a lot of the moves that happened throughout the off season, you know, the fans might not recognize the names right away, but they end up playing very big roles for you throughout the year. Scott, we're going to let you go here. Enjoy uh, the next few weeks leading up to the Christmas holiday season. And, uh, can't wait to see you when you get back up here for Fan Fest and get ready for uh, spring training in February. We appreciate the time, buddy, and, and happy holidays, buddy. Sounds good. I appreciate you guys having me on. And like I said, I'm looking forward to getting up to Seattle next week, and uh, maybe there'll be a little snow on the ground yet. We'll oh, see. Okay. We'll get some snow for you. Scott, thanks a lot, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Mary Take Skipper, care, Scott, sir, this guy did a great job for this ball club last year. I know he's excited about uh, 2017, as we are and as the fans are here at Bellevue Square. We're going to be back with more here on Hot Stove, live from uh, Bellevue Square and the Mariners team store right after this timeout. Say, friends, this holiday season, pick up a Mariners holiday bundle, which includes a $60 Mariners gift card, as well as coupons for half-off Mariners tickets, a team store discount, a buy one, get one free Safeco Field tour, Mariners magazine, and popcorn at the game, all in a festive holiday package. The Mariners Holiday Bundle is available for a limited time at all Mariners team stores and online at mariners.com slash gift. And we are tonight, right now, live from the Mariners team store here in Bellevue Square. We have five, six hundred people lined up outside. Actually, we've got three little kids right in front of us right now. <laughs> you know, they've been with us all night long and a couple have won some uh, uh, neat Mariner things uh, with our trivia questions tonight. Rick Riz, along with Shannon Dreher and Mike Lowers, producer engineer Kevin Kremen, and uh, we've just had Scott Service on for the last uh, half hour or so, guys. But I want to talk about the, the collective bargain agreement that the players and the owners got together with. Five more years of labor peace. It's been a nice run between the Terrific players and the ownership. Run. $10 billion industry right now. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what's great for the industry, for the owners, for the players. And number one, for these kids right here, for the fans, knowing that everything is going to be just fine over the next five years, and it's going to continue after that. Tony Clark did a great job, Mike, on the player side, and Shannon, and also Rob Manfred and his crew for, uh, you know, the baseball side. But some of the things that, that I like as well, besides the major issues of, you know, labor peace, there's going to be the season is going to be extended four more days, four more off days, asking you guys to play 162 games mm-hmm. in a six-month period is a heck of a lot. I think those four days, Mike, I think mean a lot, and hopefully they will. Are they going to start the season earlier? A couple days earlier. And midweek. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's great, especially today with these guys, and, and you're, you're trying to put the best product on the field every day. And the people, they, they, when they show up to Safeco Field, they, they want to see Robinson Cano play. Yeah. And I, I think that with the travel schedule, especially for the Mariners, it's difficult. It's the worst travel schedule. There's nothing that you can do about it, but that's, that's the case. I think it's certainly going to help them over the course of the season. It may not sound like a big deal, but it is. It it will really make a difference as far as the scheduling goes. And you know what's neat how this comes about, and we saw it all throughout the year, but they didn't just all of a sudden get together at the end of the season and start hammering this thing out. Players Association has had representatives go through and visit the teams in the cities throughout the year. Mike Myers is the person Mm -hmm. that we saw the most, former Mariner, tall lefty, submarine guy. Um, Phil Bradley. Phil Bradley as well. Uh, these guys would uh, show up in cities and, and talk to both clubs, and I, I think we saw Mike at least ten times this season. Yeah. And that's a concern. That's something that he heard from guys in the clubhouse was, we need more days off. And, uh, you know, so that's one of the many things, and that's how these things uh, come to light. It's the work that goes on throughout the year, and then they hammer it all out once the season 
ends. But, uh, the, you know, the days off, absolutely, they do that without losing any games, which obviously I think one side would probably not want to do that. Another one in this collective bargaining agreement, it came out and you saw the big things like the international draft and you saw the big things like the qualifying offer, but it was kind of the smaller things that really yeah. jumped out at me, like what we just saw with, with uh, starting the season early. Another one, uh, starting next year, smokeless tobacco. Not yeah. allowed with new players. If you're a veteran, you're grandfathered in, and chew at your own risk. If you're a player that comes up through the minor leagues and that's not allowed in the minor leagues. It hasn't are, been for a while. Right. They're, you're not they were working their way to this. Leagues, yeah. Right. So that is a good thing yeah. to see. All-star game. Now it doesn't all. I love it. Yeah. Now it's, it does not determine uh, home field home advantage, advantage in the World Series. Series. Yeah. So just little things that we didn't know that was coming that I thought were, were very, very significant and good for the game. And the other thing that I really like, too, is that getaway games will be played at a time where the club can get to the next city at a decent hour, Mike yeah. and Shannon. We all travel with the ball club, as does Kevin. And getting in in the wee hours of the morning, 4 or 5 in the well, morning, is, is tough. And then you have to play the next day. And uh, I, I, I love that, that this is going to be in the contract I, I, because it needs to be yeah um i know when i played it was it was it was a courtesy that everybody extended to each other it was very very rare maybe if it was going to be um some sort of event but it was rare that we would end up having to travel after a night game um and have to play that next day yeah so but as things have moved on and things change i i think that it was time to put it in there because you have to take care of these guys again you want to keep them healthy because you want to see the best players on the field and these guys play every single day so you have to help them out and i think that certainly will too shannon mike were you kind of surprised because there was so much talk at the end of the season where teams can expand rosters to 40 and we had a team last year that had seven lefties in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. There was a team with seven left-handers in the bullpen. And we talked about, okay, you can have, call up 40 guys if you want, but designate just three that particular night or that series. You go from 25 to 28. But that didn't come into play in this collective bargaining agreement. Were you surprised at that? A little bit, I think. But, you know, it's one of those things, too, when you start talking about service time for players, um, that that's where things get to be difficult, but I think that you can work your way around that. Yeah, there are there are ways. Get it, it's still but get you're the not service time that game that night. So so that yes, you can't run 30 guys out there or 32 guys, or as you yeah. mentioned, the seven left-handers one after the other, because it really changes what your ball club has been about for the previous five months. Exactly, you're changing everything there. So, um, but here's the thing, like a lot of other things that we have seen, if they feel that there's a need and they need to change it, they will. And, and so I, I don't necessarily think that it's not going to happen over the next five years, but I was disappointed they didn't address it now and, and do something about it because I think it's important. It seemed like the groundswell for that came very late. Uh, that was something that I think I really kind of just started to hear quite a bit about at the end of this year. Heard a little bit of it in past years, so I kind of wonder, and it seems that there are a lot of managers and it seems that really could get behind this. And yeah. It's it's a different game yeah. that you're playing in September, and it shouldn't be. Yeah, Scott Service is one of them. I talked to Scott at length about it, and, and he would like to see something exactly. done. Yeah. Um, I, I think the one thing that will be interesting this year, just because it's funny with managers and organizations, is the 10-day DL. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you know how, how you, I think it's a positive. If if Robbie, for example, has a bad hamstring, this, these these guys are going to play through it and play through it. Maybe it's an injury that lasts a month for him. Now well, you know you're going to come back in ten. If you come back, or or if he tries to play for a few days and you can set it back, and he's, you're only going to miss him for eight, it's easier for the manager to go ahead and make that decision and put him in there. But I think the other side of it that'll be interesting is all of a sudden you go on the road. 
and you have a day off, and maybe you don't need a fifth starter, so maybe we DL that guy and bring yeah. up another position player to make my bench stronger. We'll see if any of that goes roster on. a little bit. Yeah, I think don't so. Back, so so. That, it'll be fun to watch to see how people try to take advantage of that. But I think it's a good thing overall. It certainly will help the players. So it makes it easier for them to take a few days to, to get help. You could do that and just skip one start. I mean, if there was an off day, yeah. you could put a picture of a starter on the DL after a start. He only misses one start. Right, exactly. He Tired. gets by that period. Alarm then. fatigue. Right. It's going to be interesting. That'll be fun. Roster adjustments during the course of the year. You know, we've been giving away prizes to fans here at the the Bellevue Team Store. Now we're going to give away a prize, a little trivia, to our folks listening on the radio. So uh, put your thinking caps on. Here we go. Here's a question for our listening audience. And here it is. New uh, 2017 Mariners on-field jacket is going to be given away for the answer. This jacket will be worn on field by players and coaches throughout the 2017 season. So wear what the players wear. Here's the question. If you answer this question, you're going to get that beautiful jacket. What player led the Mariners in RBIs last year? What player led the Mariners in RBIs last year? Call right now, 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776. That's 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776. Call right now, and you'll be the winner of that beautiful Mariners on-field jacket. Back with more. From the Mariners team store at Bellevue Square after the... Then visit Bickford Ford and see how much they'll save you on a new Ford truck. Attention last-minute holiday shoppers. It's the season debut of the Hot Stove. Live from the Mariners team store at Bellevue Square Mall. On the home of the Mariners, 710 ESPN Seattle and the 710 Seattle Sports app. How about that? We're winding down the final few minutes of our two-hour... First edition of the Winter Hot Stove Show, live from the Mariners team store here at Bellevue Square. A lot of folks still doing their holiday shopping. Rick Riz along with Shannon Dreher, producer engineer Kevin Kremen, Mike Blowers. And uh, I tell you what, these two hours, Shannon, went by quickly. And one thing that really stands out in my mind after watching the success of the ball club last year is that relationship between a general manager and a manager. Uh, you know, we saw that with Lou Pinella, you know, years ago. Uh, you know, managing this ball club and Woody Woodward and the success back then. Jerry DePoto and Scott Service really had that uh, chemistry, uh, that great working relationship, and you have to have that to be successful. And these guys work hand in glove. What have you seen over the last year plus between Jerry DePoto and Scott Service? Well, this is a relationship that uh, many, many, many years goes back, uh, if I have it right, to a training room in Colorado when they both the, were, were playing for yeah. the Rockies and Jerry was, was injured at the time. And it, it's crucial. It's, you know, GM's job is no longer just putting a team together. It's putting an entire organization, coming up with philosophies, what kind yeah. of, and the team that he play, puts together, the kind of ball that they are going to play, the style, the numbers they are going to use, and along those lines. So you've got to be on the same page with your, mar- or with your manager. But the thing that jumped out the most to me, and Jerry was talking about a year ago when we were here talking, let's remember what we thought a year ago. We didn't know Jerry. We didn't know Scott. No. And what we thought and what the advance was was these are big numbers, guys. And, yeah, I mean, some things are built to the numbers, but it's not 100%. Mm -hmm. And when Jerry talked about Scott, he said, this guy is is a a people guy. He's he's a culture builder. And as much as Scott knows the numbers, I think that you have just such a good balance between the two with both of them. And that's something that we've learned in the last year. Exactly. And, and, And to actually, you know, hear them say it long before the season got underway last year and then to actually see it happen. You know, at spring training with those 9 o'clock 
morning meetings where the guys got to know the guy on the left and the guy on the right because there were so new, many new players, including the manager and the coaching staff and everybody. And I, I just think Scott did just a, a heck of a job. And then he had to go out and teach the new defensive alignments for the shifts. Exactly. I mean, it was everything. It all just oh, came so together. Yeah. And uh, the World Baseball Classic is coming up every every four years, and it's probably the scariest two weeks in the life of a general mm. manager or a manager because their players go off at in the early part of the spring to really, you know, put the pedal to the metal to, to win for their respective countries. But it's a lot of fun. It really promotes the game of baseball. It promotes the game of baseball. It also gets these guys ready early. I think the competition will be very good for the pitchers in particular. Exactly. Shannon, thank you very much. Thank you for the uh, uh, holiday gifts here. The, my uh, T-shirt and the Mariner jacket uh, fits great. So thank Oh, you, you got that much. great. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> hey, it was a lot of fun uh, for Mike Blowers and for Shannon Dreyer. Producer engineer Kevin Kremen, our thanks for you uh, tuning in tonight to our first edition of Hot Stove, live from the Mariners team store. We'll be back at it uh, real soon with the next edition of Hot Stove, talking about what's going on with the Mariners ball club. There's a, a lot going on over the last couple of months. Jerry DePoto has been as busy as anybody. So happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy the Christmas season. Have fun, and we'll see you uh, very shortly. So long, everybody, from Bellevue Square.